What's going on, everybody? Rebel Ears YL here, joined with Rebel Ears Ray, and we're bringing you another episode of the Rebel Ears Podcast. So today, we're going to be talking about a few things. Uh, first off, Happy New Year's for everybody right now. Today is the second day of 2021, and so far, we've been focused on the first day. Definitely, definitely. Um, just like we were saying in the recap episode and the New Year's episode, man, we've been working pretty hard already. You know, we already had our goals set, and we already knew we wanted to do last year around probably October, November. So uh, we've been putting that in place for a long, a good little while, and uh, it's already starting to pay off for us. We've been having a nice workflow to start the year off. I agree with that, working, you know, two to three months before the end of the year, just so when the new transition of the year coming in 2021 for us we already been mapping out for a few months ahead just with the website the ebooks the packs there's a lot of stuff on the website y'all should check out at rebelears.com and don't forget to check out the podcast and the articles too you know shout out to yl for being the chief editor of yeah, the podcast of the well the blogs yeah definitely um you know you guys just go check it out, man. There's so much content. So many things we have for you guys. It's Like you said, it's free content. It's things that you can purchase that actually come from uh, experience and different sessions and different things that we've worked on. Um, I mean, I think that for the value that we're letting a lot of things go for, I think you guys really enjoy it. And you'll definitely agree that it's worth the money. Yeah. And even if you don't have the money, it's so many different podcast episodes, so many different blogs. And we're just talking about our personal experiences so far in the industry. It's a, it's a great read if you guys have time to read or if you have time to listen to the podcast, please go do that. Going back from past experience, let's take it back to when we both build Beyonce's uh, formation stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm trying to remember, I was doing the the video wall. What were you doing? Uh, I did staging, well, a small part of the staging, and then I also did the video wall also. That video wall took forever. Yeah, yeah, it was like a week-long process, um, and that was after the stage had got built. The stage took like maybe two to three weeks to still work. Maybe, I think it was like a week of the stage, and then the next, the, fi the following week we came in and put all the production yeah, in. Yeah, the riggers had to come in early just to, that was too much. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember watching uh, the camera operators. They were there setting up the cameras, and yeah. we had to build them a track because it was kind of like a runway, like a model runway, but it was more like a swimming pool type of deal for Beyonce where, where she was walking and kicking up all of the water. Yeah. And we had to build a track around that whole runway so the camera could get all angles. It was, it was crazy just watching it come apart. I mean, come together. It was crazy. Oh, yeah, and coming apart. Also, for those who probably didn't know what I meant, um, riggers are actually people who go up like 30, 60, 300 feet in the air, hanging up, you know, rigging motors, audio, lighting, yeah, LED man. walls. Like, they hang everything from above. They hang everything. And all they have is a harness. Actually, I remember watching one of the riggers. They wanted to tall. We had this huge, tall truss. Um there's some of the steel work that that built the structures of the stage, but it was on top of the stage. Yeah. Probably had to be about maybe 30 feet high, something like that. Yeah. Probably about three to four stories high. 
Mm-hmm. And um, he actually slipped off of it while we were taking a break. And everybody's watching him dangle from like 40 feet high, bro. It was crazy. He messed his ribs up. He had to go home that day and everything. It was like, like you don't, you don't really realize how many people and, you know, the type of work that gets put in for these artists that come through mm-hmm. to do concerts in your city. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing to see the setup. And then it's even more amazing to be able to actually watch the show. Like, it's crazy. There was a few incidents where I've seen. There was um, one event, a guy almost lost his leg through um, um, a motor. What was it? The motor track? The tra- like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The actual motor itself. Yeah, because it was turning trains. and he wasn't paying attention and lost his footing. But mm. good thing the operator was um, at the button right then and there because if not, he would have lost his leg. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's, it's a dangerous job, man, oh, yeah. setting up for those concerts. You got to be safe. There's this one guy who was always about safety. What will you load all the equipment in? What they call uh, the road cases? Yeah, basically road cases. Yeah, he was talking about if he got to stand on a road case, he would not get on it. Especially, yeah. you know, some people let go. It's still rolling off. I actually met a guy who um, was one of the gigs I was working with. Mm-hmm. As y'all know, we're not putting no names in because we're not telling the companies right, or the events right, right. we did. But um, a trust fell on the guy, like mm. multiple. It was um, four lightning trusses stacked mm. on each other, and it fell on him. He lived, but he was injured. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Like, safety is probably the biggest part about doing, you know, concert gigs. And anybody out there who's worked concert gigs yeah. or festival gigs, you guys know how dangerous it really is. Um, I remember I did Cirque du Soul Cirque a Soleil, few yeah, times. Me too. Yeah. And um, the guy who was over the production, I guess, like the production manager for Cirque du Soleil, they were... Um, like, he, he was very strict. Like, he was sending so many people home. You get caught on your phone. Like, anything to where you're not paying attention because the set was so extensive. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you're dealing with huge sets like that, you literally have a deadline. You don't have all week. Like, some stages might take you a week. You might have a week. Some stages you might need to get that. That whole set, production, staging, special effects, everything for that concert or everything for that particular event, WWE Raw, all yeah. of these different things. That they might that might be a one day setup where you have to set that up in one day. You're working ten, twelve hours and it's sixty, seventy people running around with hard hats on. <laughs> oh yeah, gotta It's watch dangerous, yourself. man, but it's amazing to watch it though, definitely. Oh yeah, you got you got to be safe. You got to be safe for others because I used to drive forklift for all these different concerts and stuff, right. doing it for multiple days. So, you know, there was an incident when I saw a guy get hit by a forklift because, you know, the guy wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. And, like, things like that I think about anytime I'm on stage building because, you know, we see people fall off the stage. Right. We've seen equipment fall on people. Um yeah, it's all about safety to me, especially, like, one of my best events was when I was at Firefly for two weeks, building um, the music festival stages. Yeah, mm, yeah I, I missed that one. Did you want to go? Um, It was out of it was an out-of-town gig. It was Delaware. Oh, no, no. I wasn't even going to make that one. I ain't going to lie yeah, to it you. Yeah, was, it was in the boonies, man. It was like, Ooh. you all you see is um, cornfields. Mm-hmm. And then it was... Big land that they was building the stage, 
dif- different sections, and we was um, sleeping in a big tennis court. It was like over 60, 70 tents in there, man. It was mm. crazy. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I haven't done any festivals like that. Yeah. Um, the best one we did do was Imagine Fest to me, though. <laughs> oh, Imagine Festival? Yeah. Imagine Festival was fun. What was that, like 2006? 17 maybe yeah I think it was in Atlanta I think the first year it was at uh, Atlanta no it Motor was Motor Speedway yeah Atlanta Motor Speedway that's where we built it and that's when we, we linked up with um, one of my good friends Scott Free shout out to him um, he had the Six Feather stage right next to the main stage oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I remember I remember yeah definitely man shout out to Six Feathers clothing man definitely yeah he be, he always been you know a person to grind like a lot of people we know Stay focused on your goals. So shout out to him. Definitely. So back to the Beyonce formation tour, because I'm trying to remember, you did the one in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I did the first one in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, you I did think that was before? It was actually yeah, that was around the time they were about to tear down the actual dome, and uh, they were almost done building Mercedes Benz. But it was at the original Georgia Dome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think how long of a breakdown it was. Because I know they had like three different stages. That breakdown was probably like maybe, I, I would say setup took maybe two weeks, two and a half weeks, something like that, just for setup. Breakdown probably maybe took a week, a week and some change. I only did a few days yeah. on the breakdown because um, I had, you know, other events that I was working that week too. So, I think I only did like two days of the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. it was it was extensive, bro. I, I to be honest, after I was helped set it up, and this was one of the, matter of fact, this was one of the only concerts that they didn't let us watch when we set it up. Every oh, yeah. other concert, we're backstage or we're right at the stage, and we're able to watch the concerts. You know, we see the artists backstage, different things like that. Um, and this was like the only concert that I've ever worked that we could not watch. They literally locked us out of the whole <laughs> dome. We're literally standing outside, and uh, everybody's like, geez, we just wanted to see Beyonce real quick. We saw we saw them come in backstage, Jay-Z and Beyonce. We saw yeah. them come in, uh, I think like on a Sprinter van or something like that, or something, a limo or something. But that was that was all of the concert we saw, bro. So after that, I was just like, yeah, let me just go ahead and get this out of the way so I can move on. <laughs> so when she came back the second time, I was like, nah, nah, I'm good on this event. It, yeah. was, it was fun, though. It was fun. Yeah, I think I did it in Atlanta and Tennessee. Mm. I think Florida, too. I'm trying to remember. I remember we traveled to Florida for some event at the Orlando Arena. Where, right. Yeah, where the Magic's play. But, yeah, that was a good experience when it come, comes to a long process build. And I think they had two more stages of Beyonce formation, right? They was traveling. Yeah, while... yeah. They were they were two cities ahead yeah. of the tour. They would build. Uh, I think the, the guys who were building the stage, they came from like. Who do the blueprints? No, the, the actual guys who were building the stage, who were doing the steel work, they came from, I want to say, like Denmark. No, they came they were from, all uh, from... They were all from... Over the, yeah, they came from overseas. They yeah. came from like... They were cool Netherlands, too. Netherlands, or they came from one of those uh, European countries that like yep. specialized in steel work. And um, where they their crew was so big and, it's, and the production was so big that they would go 
two cities ahead. Like I know when we were doing the Atlanta one, they were already building the stage in Tampa, and it was another stage somewhere else. Yeah. And they like the guy was telling me like, yeah, we already got crews building both of those stages. I think Tampa was right after Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. And that stage was already getting worked on. Like I said, it took a week, maybe a little bit longer than a week, just for the staging. That's just the steel work of the stage. That's not all of the cables, all of the, you know, the power and the signal and the video the walls. Speakers, the speakers, the audio. Man, that production yeah. was, it Lighting. actually went down in history for one of the biggest productions ever, if not the biggest production ever. Yeah. I know, I think they had the biggest video wall ever. Yeah, and was. I got to work on that too, so it was cool. Yeah, I think the second biggest I think I worked on was Metallica. Mm. I think because it was at um, SunTrust Park. Oh, okay, okay, definitely. I think it was, yeah. And, um, okay, a good thing, another thing when it came to the, um, the Beyonce event, because I think, I'm trying to remember for that year, Taylor Swift was second, I think, of. The, I, I want to say I did Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber that year. I didn't do Justin Bieber. I did they were Taylor both Swift, the, 1989. When she did it at. Phillips? Yeah, Phillips Arena. It was Phillips Arena yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, that yeah, was State yeah. Farm. Yeah, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. Um, I did her and Justin Bieber at Phillips, if I'm I not did, mistaken. I didn't do Justin. Yeah, it was. They were kind of like around the same time, or was it? Yeah, it was. I remember doing Selena Gomez. I did. You know, we I did. did yeah, I did Selena. We can Gomez we can too. go on and on about <laughs> how many different artists that we've been able to help set concerts up for. Um, but I want to say Taylor Swift was the same year as Beyonce. I'm trying to remember how many, because I remember Taylor Swift had over 40 trucks. I'm trying to remember how many Beyonce had. I think it was around that, yeah, because it, might it was have been like. more than that, straight 18 wheelers, packed to capacity. Oh, no, that's that's just the equipment. We're not talking right, about the right, steel right, with that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like the hugest project I've ever been a part of. It was a bummer not to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Even if I could have just stood backstage and just watched the screens, just to see, because like that was the fun thing about doing concerts. Like you'll set it up, and then that same day you're literally there watching it partake, and you might break it down that night. You might break it down that night in, in certain certain uh, circumstances, especially places like Lakewood and uh, Phillips and Energy Center up there up north. Different places like the smaller concerts, that's a one day setup breakdown the same night. So you actually get to sit there and watch everything that you were a part of setting up. I just wanted to see the production. I really didn't care about watching the concert itself. Yeah. I wanted just to the see experience. all of the smoke, all of the water, the, the you know, the lays. Being I behind to see front of the house, that. seeing him work on the mix. You watching know, the, the stage move and yeah, like yeah, I, the I wanted to effects. see the mechanics of the show, but you know it's all good. So I you saw did it show, on YouTube. So you did show. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it on YouTube. Man. Right. I did, I did, bro. It was it was amazing. Yeah. So did you um, when we was doing the um, crew one? Did you do show call? I I might have did show call maybe twice. I did show call for Justin Bieber. Mm. I did a show call for Justin Bieber because we had to, in the middle of the show call, we had to do something on stage. Oh, switch the stage out from what well, was not the headliner, but the, it was something. The following he, he had like a like a nice plexiglass stage that we had to uh, wax and 
polished, but then we had to dry it off real good so it didn't slip, and it was like incline. It was a cool stage. I forgot. I don't know if we were switching out different sets before he came on the headline. Yeah. Or if he had a break in his headlining. Because I remember Usher being there. Uh, Post Malone was there backstage. Oh, yeah, when he was first popping? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came through on a bicycle. Super cool. Um, who else was there? It was a female there also. I can't remember. But, yeah, I, I think that might have been one of the only shows. And Cirque, Cirque de Soleil. Was it um, Turok? Was yeah. it that one? Okay, Turok. yeah, I did that one. That, yeah. At uh, Energy. Yeah, Energy. Up, up north, yeah. Yeah, that stage was massive because it was... Like the the, the the environment feel. The craziest thing to me was the special effects. Oh yeah. You know, on on top of the stage, we built all of those like canopy type. Uh, I don't even know what it was called, man. But they were shining the, they were doing projection. They were doing um, yeah, off it. Uh, video mapping. They were video yeah. mapping off of all of these canopies that we put up to make you feel like you're really, along with the lighting and the special effects, like you felt like you were really, it was an avatar. It was an avatar. Oh, it avatar. Was, yeah, it was avatar. It was avatar. Oh, yeah. Well, no, Circus Soleil was to rock, but it was avatar base. Yeah, it was yeah. avatar base. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was still to rock. I got a t-shirt at home. <laughs> still I don't know it. where my t-shirt oh wait, I might have packed it. I got so many t-shirts, man. The one shirt I wish I, they did have was Kendrick Lamar. From I the dare, I did, I did the damn tour. Oh yeah, when they that, came oh, to I know that was dope. I saw Travis Scott perform, dope performance. I was um, backstage. Kendrick Lamar. That's when we was. Um, I think I was on the forklift at the time, so I was forklifting stuff to the truck around that time. Mm-hmm. I was mad when Kanye West canceled his, The Life of Pablo. Yeah, and I want to say I was supposed because I know Beyonce was like one of my last tours. Oh really? As far as Concert wise, yeah, you know how it got into uh, corporate real heavy after that. Oh yeah, um, me too, actually. But I want to say I agreed to do Kanye because this is all freelance, by the way, you for the listeners. No, I agreed to do it, but oh, he canceled. Yeah, and I, I took that as a sign. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm done go with back. the concerts. I'm, I'm going strictly to corporate, and hey man, I've been corporate ever since. Oh yeah, I like corporate. A good event was. Um, when the Super Bowl came to Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, I was working with, I think, Active. Oh, yeah, Active yeah, production. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, because of them, I was doing a lot of corporate. Uh, they was doing um, this um, Super Bowl mm-hmm. at a building. Jermaine Dupri was there. Uh, DJ Greg Street was there. Right, right, right. Um, the commissioner. Yeah, Super Bowl was uh, super lit, man. Oh, yeah. I was working multiple events that week. Event-wise, Super Bowl was... Whew. I think I did, like... I think I did, like, 112 hours total. Yeah. With, like, just, like, two different companies. Because, you know, I do my props and stuff yeah. like that on the side of scenic. Um, I did a lot of scenic work for Fox Sports and Georgia Pacific... Oh, you was doing multiple. I can't, yeah, I can't remember. I, it, Fox was there the whole weekend, so I did yeah. multiple Fox events that week for them. Uh, that was dope. My favorite corporate event was uh, AWA, which was... Awa? Yeah. It was probably like 2018 yeah. where they did video mapping on these 20-foot wall flats, and yeah. I, I put the wall flats up, just me and another guy, and everybody was like... That was when I really, I've been doing scenic, but that's when I really started doing heavy scenic work for uh, the AV industry, for corporate. 
I'm not going to lie. Man, it was amazing. I got yeah. so many pictures and videos from that. The best event I've seen, one of them, it's crazy. It was at um, the um, Georgia Aquarium. Mm. It was a private event for Gay Pride. Yeah, it was the aquarium very is just a beautiful place to have an event. Yeah, regardless. but the crazy thing, they hired somebody from, I'm trying to remember if it was um, from Japan, because they had a projector on the screen on the wall, mm -hmm. and it was like um, an animated, like surreal image that kept playing. It was like very psychedelic in a way. Right, I'm right, trying to remember right. what year it was for Pride Week, but I was working with Active, because Active got a contract with um, Georgia Aquarium. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they was, like, hanging a lot of fixtures of, like, different spiraling rainbows. But it was, like, the projector also put images on it. So while it was hanging, you see an image forming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've done some few amazing things at yeah. Aquarium, Georgia Aquarium. That's, that's a very nice venue. They have beautiful venues there, beautiful ballrooms, rather. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think another. Man, I've done so many. I can't even. Like, at this point, they kind of, like, just jail in. Yeah. Microsoft is always good. Microsoft, yeah, I did Google, that. Google, when they come to Atlanta at the Congress Center, that's always. You yeah, know, those big companies. Yeah. Um, Home Corporate Depot events. events. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Where they have Lady Gaga performing in um, Centennial Park just for Microsoft members. It was mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. It was big. Yep, like uh, even um, like Super Bowl, a lot of the parties that I was doing, even for like Fox Sports, they would just yeah. have, you know, Future, uh, Rick Ross, you know, whatever rappers are in town. You know, yeah, of course, was... they got to have entertainment. So that was always dope. I was making sure I was networking with yeah. uh, the AV companies while I was doing my scenic work um, for those companies. I was networking with the DJs. Yeah. I was meeting people all the way from New York. Oh, yeah. Uh, production companies that was coming down from New York. California. Yep, just to capitalize. Yeah. Florida. I'm talking about Texas. Overseas, too. There was multiple. Yeah, just to yeah. capitalize on, on the Super Bowl. That just tells you how big the Super Bowl. That was the biggest check I ever got in my life from yeah, a 9 too. to 5. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Definitely. me too. I've never seen a check that big. I was like, it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, I have seen Kendrick Lamar perform. Mm. When I was doing the college football, um, Hall of Fame. No, it wasn't the Hall of Fame. It was um, uh, which which one? It was um, I don't think it was the Peach Bowl. Hmm. It was in Atlanta. Kendrick Lamar performed at Centennial Park. Um, it was halftime, and I remember I built the stage he performed on, and then also when I used to work at the Congress Center, I was at the VIP area um, helping out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah we actually did, uh, oh, that's what I was, for Super Bowl, we did the celebratory uh, VIP party for the New England Patriots mm -hmm. for uh, Robert Kraft, and it was on the it was on the top floor of the Congress Center. What was it? No, not, not the Congress Center, I'm sorry, America's Mark. America's Mark. It was like on floor 15, building three, mm. where they got the roof and all that. that bruh, it was... I was going crazy because, I mean, I really didn't care who won the Super Bowl, but I'm like, yeah, we're doing the winning teams party. We had already got the contract with the Patriots team, but it was even better that they won because it's like, yeah, this is the winning team party. Tom Brady's going to be here, Robert Kraft, you know. <laughs> 
yeah. you know, the, all the big guys of of their organization were there, man. It was yeah, it was dope, bro. I love Atlanta. <laughs> oh yeah, I love Atlanta too. So many experiences. Yeah. So let's go back on our experiences when we was at SAE. You remember um, Red Tuxedo? Yep, yep, yep. Red Tuxedo on the mastering studio that was on top of Doppler. Yeah. Shout out to Doppler. Doppler yeah, Doppler's not legendary no studio. Yeah, they. <laughs> They got rid of Doppler, but definitely legendary studio, oh, yeah. man. I'm talking about legendary. They had the SSL board, man. Yeah. A lot of studios don't even have that. You have to. Nah, not anymore. Yeah. Because they that's probably, a rare commodity now. They probably sold them or, you know, got rid of them. I think they did wise, sell them. But then, you know, kind of like the digital industry has taken over. So, you know, everybody wants the nice, colorful, lit up type of vibe in the studio so now you know they put control surfaces and digital consoles and stuff in like that but yeah yeah nothing to ever beat the ssl and any engineer will probably tell you the same exact thing yeah exactly i think the ssl board there was like over 100 grand yeah a lot of them were yeah i think he, they were selling it for 75 especially the big one yeah yeah the 64 there's a bigger there's one bigger than the 64 channel there's like a 88 channel Mm. I think. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I know them I know my favorite console was the um I think it was seventy two the uh what was it, four thousand G SSL, four thousand plus G. Something like that. The I G think plus? that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The four thousand. I was like the basically the one we learned on. Oh yeah, yeah. The one we learned on, and um, I was I went to some other studio and was actually able to work on it again. I don't even remember the studio. It was in Atlanta somewhere. This was a while ago. It was, was it years Ast ago? I'm trying to think. Was it Astro Studios? Mm mm. Never been to Astro. I haven't been to Astro yet. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, thanks to Steve, I've been there a few times. It's I dope. did want to go to Loud House. Where's that? At? I've never been to Patchwork. I haven't been to Patchwork either. It's uh, I've never been to Triangle Sound. I'm actually like right across the street from Triangle. I was gonna go and talk to them about an internship. But back in the day, like, yeah, yeah. That, it was definitely back in the day. Yeah, we right. we for me to intern now, it just have to be like financially beneficial. And and if it's not financially beneficial, it literally least learning have to from be the like top engineer a win-win. Like I can't feel like I'm doing more for you than you're doing for me because I just oh, passed yeah. that. That that level in my career, you know, we all we both started interning, so we respect the intern game. So don't think I'm saying that. Yeah, definitely respect the intern game, but know your worth. Yeah, for me to for me to to do it, be an intern like they like somebody would literally have to be my mentor, like yeah, really really interesting. When I'm interning, me some, he's there just like stuff. how Dan used to be on the couch. Like you ask him a question, he just be like, oh yeah, all you gotta do is. He was so simple with it. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Definitely. Also, um, let's make a goal for this year. We go to Patchwork Studios. Yeah, let's go. I was I was actually going to book one of their production rooms just to go there and just kind of soak up that energy. Yeah. And, I mean, we're not, we're not that young, but we're definitely not nowhere near that old either. So, you know, Patchwork... Patchwork is a, is a legendary studio. It's oh, kind of yeah. like, it's kind of like a magic city, right? To Atlanta, it's like a magic city of studios to Atlanta, right? Good reference. Definitely, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
like it's always legendary, but it's been so many other studios that compete with Patchwork nowadays that have popped up, especially with our generation. Yeah. And then our our um era of engineering, I've never really had to go to Patchwork to be like in one of the best studios in Atlanta. There's so many great studios in Atlanta. But I've always wanted to go to Patchwork. Just the history of it. Just the history alone, bro. Just to kind of feel the energy. It's kinda of like Ali buying Death Row Studio. Oh yeah, that was a you know big what I'm move. saying? Like that you you do you make those kind of moves to to soak up that energy and respect the history and respect the people that came through those walls. Yeah. You know. Um so yeah, let's definitely do that. We're taking a field trip to patchwork. You been to Tree Sound Studios? Yep, been to Tree Sound. Okay. So far away, but it is lovely. Oh yes it is. Uh, I think I was in the H room. Shout out to Christian Amai. I was in there fucking with Christian. Messing around with Christian. Oh yeah, he is connected um, out there. Shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he worked out there also. Yeah, um, interning. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he probably was doing a little engineering and whatnot. That's all he was doing. He was interning at Castle Hill Studios. Yeah. Great artist, man. Yeah. Great, great, great artist. Um, but yeah, shout out to him. That's why I was at Tree Sound. Um, they had an SSL in there. Yeah. And it was one of I want to say it was the G room, the H room. One of those rooms, kind of like off in the back corner with the SSL. It was it was one of the rooms that Andre Three Thousand uh, actually favored it because of like the ambiance and the vibe of the room. It was mm. it was amazing, bro. Just being in there, I could just feel like, whew. like I don't know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like the presence just, of Andre you is step like, in there and you be like, I see what he's talking about. Wow, like this is a real vibe for a studio, yeah. and it's not. It doesn't look like a spaceship in here. You know, a lot of the new studios look like spaceships that don't really give you, you Inspiration. know. It, yeah, it looks nice. It's good for video shoots and things like that. But, like, for real deal singer-songwriters, people like Andre, you know, people like SZA and, you know, Badu, people that are really on that wave where they're really sitting down and they really writing. Real writers, Alicia Keys, people like that. You know, you can kind of tell, like, okay, yeah, this is definitely their type of room. Like, this is the type of room you walk in and you take your shoes off and you sit in Indian style for a little while. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's one yeah. of those vibes, bro. It, it was lovely. It was a uh, shout out to Tree Sound. Yeah, shout out to them. I was in, I went in that room before too. There was a room, I think they had a Neve board. I try to remember, it was a small room that had just a, like, a 32 channel console. I'm trying to remember what brand, but... Mm -hmm. I don't know what room yeah, that was. The A room, so massive. Yeah, yeah, Osborne. you know, every A room in the studio is going to be huge. Yeah, that's... Huge. Yeah, shout out to Steve Habicki because he was already bringing me into new studios. Met him at Castle Hill Studios. He brought me out to, like, Tree Sound. He was working out of his studio. It was just a lot I learned from him. And then, you know, me and Mike will at Tree Sound Studios right. around the time when Humble came out for Kendrick. Oh, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope, that's dope. Matter of fact, we was at Astro Studios when Mike was getting his Grammy for um, Humble. Mm. Yeah. That's dope right there. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, just kind of being a part of, you know, certain histories and, and meeting, you know, role models and different things like that. I think that always kind of lets you know, like, okay, I'm in the right space. I need to keep yeah. going. I need to, you know. And it's it's like a motivational, inspirational type of deal, definitely, man. Just meeting different people from the industry at studios, just like just shaking their hand and just talking to them for a quick 
two to three minutes, you know, it'll kind of like put you in perspective. Like, this is a regular guy. This is something that I can do. This is attainable. It's not. Yeah. This is nothing it's that not I need to reach. watch on TV and say, goodness, I wish I could do this. No, you really can. Especially living in Atlanta. I mean. Everybody knows everybody. Bro, I saw a meme that said, in Atlanta, nobody's a celebrity. Everybody gets treated the same. <laughs> and and it's I, true. I mean, it's kind of true because, I mean. Oh, yeah, you, um, yeah. There's so up, many man? successful people here. And it's like, you see these artists and you see all these successful producers and you can get, you know, you can get in the same studio that Future was just in last night. You can get that same room. It's not exclusive to him. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you see all of these people all the time to where it's like, oh, that's just so and so. Yeah. Somebody else might freak out. You'd be like, man, this is my third time seeing him this month. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, it's dope. Shout out to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so with the article, man, just thinking on from the first episode of well, the first blog on there, mm -hmm. we've been talking on, you know, mastering templates, presets, mm -hmm. uh, vocal chain. Vocal yeah. chain is actually one of my favorite articles. Me too. Oh, really? Because like <laughs> I tell everybody, like, right, I, I get a lot of artists that's like, hey, Lee, I'm about to go buy, I'm about to build my home studio. I got, you know, 5000 10000 This is my budget. Yeah. What do you think I need to buy? And I'm not going to lie to you, bro. And people might disagree. People might be like, you know, he got a point. I always tell them, you spend, you already got your computer. You already got the correct Pro Tools, not the student version. You know, but you got the correct Pro Tools. You got your your computer already. You got everything you need. The only thing you got to do is buy hardware, plugins, you know, monitors, things like that, I tell them to spend 60% of your budget, 70% on your budget, on your vocal chain. Get you a great microphone. Get you a great interface. Anything less yeah. than the Apollo Twin, don't even buy it. And no shade to no other companies or to no other engineers or other people who buy, because the Apollo is expensive for certain people. So it's yeah. a lot of good interfaces that you can buy that's cheaper than the Apollo that'll still give you a great sound. So I'm not saying that, but if you're looking for the best standalone at home home studio interface, everybody knows it's the Apollo. Yeah. You know, this is something that's already known. So it's not like I'm up in Apollo. They're not paying for any promotion. <laughs> but um but, but no, I, I let them know the Apollo, to get yeah. your universal audio interface, mm -hmm. get you a great microphone. If you got to spend 2000 on it, and it's not really about the price that you're spending. You got to know, you know, different microphones have different type of diaphragms. They yeah. have different patterns. So you got to know what you, what you, how your voice is. You got a deep voice where well, you need to be looking for a, a good microphone that has probably a large diaphragm and some type of bass roll-off because your voice is so deep. And it's a condenser microphone, too. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, yeah shout out to uh, the Vocal Chain article itself because if y'all yeah. have not read it, y'all really sleeping on it because everything starts with your vocal chain. Yeah. Your whole recording, your whole song starts with how you record it. Yeah, and going off of what you said when it comes to the vocal chain, when it comes to microphones, like a $2,000 mic, he's probably talking about what, like the... A manly reference cardioid at. Yeah, um, I like the manly. I mean, it can be 
I mean, it's a lot of it's yeah. a lot of nice mics out there for two thousand, but it's a lot of nice mics for eight hundred, for yeah. four hundred. Seven hundred you can get the Neumann TLM one oh two. Yeah, which I was about I got. to say Norman makes a lot of great mics. U eighty seven, U forty seven. AKG makes great mics. That's true. Um, you can get one for like under two hundred. Yep. Um, if you're on a budget, think, the Sterling ST fifty five. I was about to I say Sterling make great mics. Yeah. I mean it's it's a whole lot of companies, but like like I tell anybody who asks me about home studios, I've helped set up a few yeah. um, as I far as like routing. Uh, of course, you set your own up. So when it comes to home studios, which is, matter of fact, let's just say this, you went and bought a satellite for your Apollo, yeah, for your interface, so you already know how important processing and sound is that, that it has to come in initially before it even touches Pro Tools. Yeah. You have to invest in those things. Your vocal chain, basically. That's what basically I'm talking about. Your vocal chain is what you're recording through before it touches Pro Tools. Pro Tools only records what your vocal chain is putting out. Yeah. You can record through plugins, but you can have it wet, dry. Effects, no exactly. Effects. Like building your vocal chain is just a one man. The right microphone, the right interface, and that's where it starts. Yeah, that's where it starts. The right interface, the right microphone, will give you the right sound. I don't care if you recording in your bathroom. Facts. With the right plugins too. Yeah, well, you're gonna need the plugins, yeah. but even more so, the engineers gonna need the plugins. Yeah, you know, for people who just want to record themselves. You don't have to go spend thousand dollars on plugins because you know the plugins are really gonna be meant for mixing. If yeah. you go get the Apollo, it's gonna come in. It's gonna come with a couple preamp plugins. Some legacy. Um, yeah, some plugins yeah. for for your vocal chain. So, so let's let's go ahead and go through our vocal chain list because with me, I use I have two different vocal chains. I use the API. With the Neve 1073. And this is plugins or? Plugins, yeah. Okay, okay. okay I also okay. did it at a Castle Hill also right. before in the A-Row. But it's the API with uh, the Neve 1073. Mm-hmm. And then I also use either the SSL E-Channel. Yeah, E-Channel. Or the G-Channel, either one. It's, yeah, E Both or G. the channel plugins. Yeah, I use one of those, the SSL. Depending on what going, brand. Yeah. What brand of plugin you talking about? Um, Apollo. Uh, e channel, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the E channel going straight into the uh, Tube Tech CL1B. Yeah, see, let's see. Plug-in wise, I go into a in it. Really, every everywhere I record, I already has like a vocal chain because I I really only record in studios for the most part. I record at home every now and then. So if I'm at home, I do it like this. If I'm at home on the Apollo. I'm going from the what Neve 1073, uh, Manly. It's a Manly. Um, voice box, box box. No, the passive, know. the Manly passive. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but I know I use Helio 69 sometimes as a preamp. That EQ. Yeah. I always use um, the Precision Channel. Mm-hmm. Which is basically like a uh, multi-band compression type of deal. And I really only use that because I'm in my room with no booth, no panels, no nothing. So That's why I really don't record at home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, But in the studio, I'm, most studios are going to have your outboard, you know, vocal chain. So they're going to have your manly. They're going to have your um, tube tech. 
They're going to have API, a few different API EQs. You know, yeah. they're going to have the Neve 1073, different things like that. But plug-in-wise, I'll go SSL G-Channel Waves yeah. into uh, a very, very, very light vocal comp. I don't like to compress too much coming into uh, Pro Tools. Take too much energy out. Yeah, and then it. not only that, it's like, in my opinion, Compression is like one of those plugins or, or one of those effects that you really got to have control over. And yeah. if you record through too much compression, it's really going to be hard to lessen that compression. You know what I'm saying? And then it can affect your mix to where you feel like you need to add the compression here, but I really can't add it because the initial one, you know, was off a little bit. So uh, I, I put a very, very light compressor on there. And sometimes I just use the SSLG channel compressor. Sometimes I won't. And that's pretty much it, man. Like that's that's my vocal chain plug-in wise. SSLG channel sometimes by itself. And um and the the vocal comp. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing like a good vocal chain if you know what you look for, dealing with the hardware and then the plugins itself internally. Uh, a template is always nice, <laughs> especially for those, you know, who deal with a lot of artists that punch in a lot. A template is always a great thing to have when you're recording. Um, I build my templates to the room. Sometimes I build them to the artist, depending on if, how many times I work with that artist. Yeah. But if I got a new client and I really, I've never recorded them before. I have a template for each room that I work out of uh, at Castle Hill. I have a home template also. And then I have like kind of like a default template that I can use anywhere. Like anywhere mm. I go, I know the, every studio that I'm at will have these plugins. Your emergency um, go-tos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's very basic. Uh, most, most of my templates are really just, they're not really big on um, plugins. Like I have certain plugins on different channels, but most of my templates have something to do with routing. Yeah. Make sure my routing and my organization is already done, so I don't have to spend an extra hour and a half in the mixing process, renaming things, routing things. Like everything is already routed. You know, all my inserts and, and my returns, and you know different things like that. All my all my oxes, you know, different things like that. I I will go ahead and all my inputs, my outputs, you know, yeah, different every, things like that. I would yeah, template would probably be the next most important thing in recording in my in my uh, eyes. Oh yeah, template is very important. Just so you can go to the session, get it open, and then having some specific presets um, within the plugins itself that you know. Okay, like you're gonna have to use a high pass filter. Mm -hmm. So that could be one of your presets on your EQ. Of course, you're gonna need a compressor. When it comes to a preset, you really don't need one unless, because you don't know the energy that's gonna be given in the track. Right, right. Unless you kind of know the artist. Yeah, that's like true. If you, if you know this guy is very laid back, every time he comes in, I have to turn his gain up just a tad bit because he's not gonna. He's a real mellow type of guy yeah. or a mellow type of woman. And, you know, you can start to say presets. That's what I would say, actually. Like, I would say build your template for the room 
but then build your presets per artist. Mm. So under all of your EQs, you'll have this artist high pass, this artist low pass, this artist, you know, clarity. You know, you know, some he might be a little congested every time he comes in. Yeah. So you know you might have to pull out a lot of mud in his in his vocals to make it stand out more. So you can already have that preset. I know every time he come in, I gotta pull out from four, four twenty to four eighty hertz. You know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely save the presets per artist. Yeah. Template per room, I would say. And speaking of templates and presets, you can actually go to the website rebelears.com in the you know freebie section. You can get the mix template for free for Pro Tools. That's yep. just to start off with a mix. It has no presets on there because it's all factory default. So you can at least see the start of, you know, having your own go-to template that we made for you. Definitely. And, I mean, like we said again, it's it's free. It's free of charge. So just go download it. Even if you are – because I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing I learned about – doing a lot of recording sessions. I've done so many recording sessions. It's ridiculous at a lot of different studios. So I had to kind of find something that was just common that I can work every studio. And one thing I would say about, you know, having your templates is you really need to make sure that your routing is done. So if you've been having trouble with routing, if you've been having trouble with, just trying to order your plugins and have a, a real organized template that's is already done for you. All you have to do is press record and put whatever plugins that you want to add to it. But it's already routed. It's already organized. This template is definitely for you guys. And it'll also be something that you can go in and kind of learn how to already preset and already have your your auxes and all of your returns and different things like that already routed. You know what I'm saying? It'll take you a long way if you just understand routing. So for those who don't know about routing and things like that, this is definitely a great free template that you can go download. And the preset packs, they are discounted. You download your free template. You go purchase one of the preset packs, and you literally have everything you need, as long as you have the plugins that come with those preset packs. But... You will. We basically giving you everything you need to to go ahead and start off a successful session, recording or mixing. Yeah, I agree on that. And then with the discount, it'll be a thirty percent off right now. The packs that we do have from twenty twenty is the slime preset pack and the four twenty preset preset pack. Mm-hmm. For twenty twenty one, I'm trying to think. We got so many packs that we're working on at the moment right now. Don't want to give any names, but we just to let lot. you know, yeah. For 2021, we're going to release at least probably, not going to put a number behind it, because if I say six and we do eight, you know, we setting ourselves up for a higher number. Right, exactly. We There's a lot of preset packs coming. That's one thing that uh, we geared up for last year. Yeah. And we also have a lot that were supposed to drop last year, but, you know, due to other reasons, they're already finished. COVID. Um, Right, right. Due to other reasons, we haven't dropped them on the website yet, but they will be here this year. The beginning of this year, we will have a couple more for you guys. Uh, producer packs, mixing packs, you know, just 
whatever you're looking for, man, we, we got a lot coming. But if you if you are a fan of the preset packs, we definitely have a whole lot more coming. And shout out and thanks to anybody who's already purchased anything from us. Yeah, thank y'all for, you know, being behind us all the way when it comes to support from financial, hitting us on, you know, on social media about some information or just have a question. You know, we do appreciate everybody who we come in contact with, anybody who has a question or just want to learn the steps it takes to get to the position we're at now to the point that, you know, we're not looking for a handout from anybody when it comes to learning how to use the equipment right. or having to use someone else's equipment since we invest in ourselves. We can show people the steps, but it takes, you know, a person who's driven to put the effort in. Yep to you know make things possible so with that being said you should go ahead and sign up to the website right now go ahead and download the template go ahead and purchase the preset pack for a discount for two weeks two weeks yep 14 days it'll be 30 percent off 14 days from the release of this episode exactly it'll be uh 30 percent off for 14 days take Mm -hmm. advantage of it please and then we're going to have something for those who's going to be purchasing the packs within those two weeks. We won't be telling y'all exactly what it is yet. We will put it on social media and then we'll also put it on rebelears.com when we do announce it. Because I know with 2020, a lot of people was doing a lot of engagement on social media. Right, And right, we've been right. focused mainly on getting the website open so that traffic can go to one source that people can just like, if they want to learn something or if they want to get more information, Straight to the source, rebelears.com. Definitely. Again, to reiterate that, guys, rebelears.com. You cannot go wrong. It's a lot of different things on there for free that is very informational. You can fact check it. You know, the things that we talk about, like I said, are things that we really know, things that can be vouched for within the industry from different people. And I want to leave you guys with one question. How did you start off your New Year's? That's the that's the question I want you guys to answer for yourself at the end of this podcast. How did you start off your New Year's? Are you investing in yourself or are you still talking about what you want to do and who you want to be? We have plenty of plenty 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 of content for whoever wants to invest in themselves even if it's for free or even if you want to start uh, you know spending a few funds on your craft and what you're trying to be. RebelEars.com. You guys go check it out. Thank y'all again for another great episode. We love you guys. We appreciate all the support. YL here. Ray here. And for all those who's listening, thank you again. And keep tuning in. Rebel Ears. Pop, 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 pop.